How did that song go again? Which one? The one you were just humming. That one? Yeah. What's that one called again? What's it? That's the song about you. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. What's it called? Isn't it like Pretty Woman? The Winter Queen. <laughs> yeah, it's you. It's you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Are, are we rolling? Yeah, we're <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah we're rolling. We're rolling? Like the corniest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I guess we should start this episode, huh? Yeah, that's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deep so. podcast parents looking to take our relationship to the next level but not becoming actual parents but podcast parents and this is our podcast baby this and is our you podcast baby. are our podcast babies that's all you listen to right that's at, all home. You at home on the couch in the kitchen doing dishes vacuuming doing laundry on the way to work on the way to work walking your dog at work give give a little spot a pet for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tell spot hello Hello yeah. from podcast parents. I miss Jack and Lucy. Those are yeah. my those are my bubbies. Yeah. I miss Toby. Oh, Toby. Yeah, Toby, a little Aww. squeaky puppy. A little spoof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little fuckball. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the first <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> wow, that didn't last very long, huh? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> well, I guess that's a reference. <laughs> that was a miss misspeak. Mispronunciation, Daniel. That was a miss. Yeah, it was a like misspeak. It was like a verbal typo. <laughs> mm-hmm. that- <laughs> <laughs> verbal typo. That's just anytime you talk. Yeah, yeah. It's it just, like, just Danny words. It was just a, a, a. I was trying to say fuzzball or a little fuzzy or whatever mm-hmm. when we were talking one day about Toby, mm-hmm. and I just kind of <laughs> said little fuck. <laughs> but I was trying to say fuzzball, mm-hmm. so it, it, it became little fuckball. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> alright well this episode is going great so far oh yeah you yeah. like it <laughs> <laughs> no it's a good time it's a good time Yeah. so what are we talking about today Danny give uh, me a gist well I was thinking judging mm-hmm. on things we're both very passionate and interested about things we were maybe uh, culturally a part of us that are like things that we really enjoy mm-hmm. I think we could talk a little bit about horror <gasps> The spooks. The spooky. They run through my veins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're inked on my body. Me too. Yeah, look at <gasps> us. Look at us. Fist touch. Nerds. <laughs> Should we get that? Is there an ASMR version of the fist touch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got that? Yeah, there's something on this. Oh, okay. <laughs> you heard our knuckles collide there. Yeah. For all you ASMR folk out there. A little bit of a flesh on flesh action. All right, that's a little, that's a little much. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming off too strong this episode. 
<laughs> Dude, I think you, you got a little overly confident because we have one episode already up on our new YouTube channel. That's right. The first episode of the Podcast Parents and this very episode you're listening to right now are up currently on our YouTube channel, the Podcast Parents on YouTube. Yep, yep. Right? You'll recognize our logo when you look it up. Like, comment, subscribe, eh? Yeah, the hit things. the little bell. Hit the, hit hit the little ding. Hit the bell. You know what? You just, know what? Future Winter and Danny, can you give me a little ding? Just hit the bell. Ding. There we yeah, go. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah right perfect. there. Perfect. Perfect. Put the ding where I said ding. Every <laughs> single time I said ding. <laughs> I'm going to curse myself later for doing that. <laughs> Future Danny can do that part. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be... I'm not going to splice this in. I'm going to actually proactively say I'm not going to do this edit. But it would be funny if there was a live audio of me later just going like screaming and <laughs> having to put in all these little dings. And they're going to stop right there. <laughs> well, Danny, Dan, yeah. Dan, Dan. Do you want to tell me your background in horror and your fascination with the medium and all the different ways it comes and maybe like well, Daniel, origin story? I'm so glad you asked. Well, yeah. My origin story in the realm of horror and whatnot actually spawns from early childhood. Oh, yeah? I was born and raised in a family of uh, horror fanatics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, even we've been labeled as the real life abs family is that so according to the new york post the new york post themselves yeah the real life adams family of new jersey yeah Yeah. that's you it's a pretty fun title but yeah does that um, make you wednesday actually me and samara my sister have fought to the death over um who gets to be wednesday Mm -hmm. and uh i'm currently recording this podcast so i'll leave i'll leave it at that i get to be wednesday (laughs) the font Mm -hmm. of this podcast is the adams family we get Mm -hmm. to decide Yes, indeed. But I, I guess are we? We would be like the parents. We'd be like Morticia and Gomez. Well, I've already called you my Gomez. Yeah. Mhm. So I guess in this podcast space, we're the podcast parents. Mhm. But in the real life, Adam family, you. I'm Wednesday. Wednesday. You're Wednesday. Yeah. Smart as Pugsley. Don't tell her. Don't tell her <laughs> I said that. <laughs> or she'd be cousin it. Cousin It. I was yeah. thinking, I was like, let's see if she it? listens to this and she'll. <laughs> I'll get something thrown at just me get later. A, a sock in the face, like <laughs> just walking around, just bam, just a slap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I um, I was raised pretty much surrounded by horror. My mm-hmm. dad has a uh, horror-themed tattoo studio. Yeah. In um, Middlesex, New Jersey. And it is on Boundbrook Road. It is called House of a Thousand Tattoos. He's been tattooing. Yes, yes, indeed. He came up with it. I think that was a fun, fun little dad pun before he was even a dad. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, he's been tattooing for 20 plus years. And, um, actually the lobby of the tattoo studio is a antique store and like oddities collection store run by my mom, which is Katie Did's collectibles and whatnot. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, both of them have Instagram pages. If you want to check those out, mm-hmm. get you get a big virtual hug just from me. Yeah, and from me. <laughs> yeah, both the, of us. The Etsy shop for the those antiques is also really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. So Google us, and yeah. uh, all of all of the stuff will be there. And then of course um, there was after the real life Adams family, there was House of Shrek, mm-hmm. which was featured on Amazon Prime. It was a reality based TV show where we went on different 
adventures, like discovering uh, haunted mysteries and stuff. Yeah. And it was mostly just about the fact that we're all into different um, collections and whatnot, and we were into like the spunky macabre stuff. Mm -hmm. And we did things as a family, and we drive around in hearses. But yeah. yeah, so that was the center of that. And then also there was um, in 2019, my dad broke the world record for the world's largest Ouija board in yeah. Salem, Massachusetts, the Salem Common. And uh, it made it into Ripley's Believe It or Not as of 2019. So awesome. I would say like outside of not only like being surrounded by horror media from a young age, ever since my dad opened the tattoo studio, I think it was maybe four or five at the time. Um, it's definitely progressed throughout my uh, my school career and it's just been been around so it part became a life. part of me yeah mm -hmm. yeah so now i am a walking uh horror fanatic weirdo who likes tarantulas and zombie movies and likes spooky things spooky art astrology witchcraft all that stuff yeah the spider queen herself <laughs> as as danny says yes yeah but yeah, that's me. How about you, Dan Dan? Tell me a little bit about, about uh, my your, origin story. Your origin <laughs> horror story. Well, um, as a kid, I was actually not supposed to be watching any movies that were like scary. Mm -hmm. Anything PG thirteen or above when I was less when I was like little little. I guess until I started watching like Indiana Jones when I was like eight or something. Mm -hmm. Like Star Wars, like when you get to the age where that starts to be interesting. Um, like when I was like a little little kid. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that I saw a couple horror movies before I was even allowed to see, like, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, in kindergarten and I maybe <laughs> saw a couple of, like, the Child's Play or, like, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of stuff on TV. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely another one that I'm forgetting. I'm pretty sure it was, like, my first horror movie. I think we talked about it somewhat recently, but it's escaping me. Mm -hmm. But I definitely remember one of the first, like, oh, maybe it was Psycho. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw Psycho when I was, like, four. Wow. And obviously I didn't know what was happening. But one thing is that until I was, like, a grown man, like mm -hmm. a grown-ass adult, like, <laughs> I did not watch that movie again. Because mm -hmm. when I was four, I, the shower scene, like, is burned into my brain. Like, I can I can picture it, picture perfect. Mm-hmm. From when I first saw it on TV when I was like a small child, mm. I was in my parents' room and I turned around and I was like, what's this? Black and white movie. I just kind of sat down and watched it because I was a little dumb kid. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the moment I gained consciousness. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I was just like, <gasps> I exist, <laughs> you know? And that's like one of my, one, um, a tentpole memory for me was watching the shower scene from Psycho. That's crazy. On the floor of my parents' room on their TV and then freaking out. And for years, years and years and years, I would start to get paranoid in the shower sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, I saw that scene. Mm -hmm. And, like, even now sometimes I'll be in the shower just, like, looking. Like, if it's, like, a windy day. Like, mm -hmm. there's, like, if it's the summer and I have a window crack and the breeze is coming in. Mm -hmm. And I see, like, the curtains moving in a certain way. All I can imagine is someone just, like, pressing a knife through the curtain. Mm. And I would just kind of be trapped. Spooky. But that's like my formative horror experience from a young age. <laughs> then Damn. things like um, my mom had a lot of dolls growing up. Mm -hmm. So I was never really scared of dolls, but mm -hmm. I was scared of Chucky. 
Yeah. And like uh, on Halloween, like the scream mask, like mm-hmm. ghost face would scare the shit out of me when I was like a really little kid. Yeah. I would like actually start to like really get scared, even though I wouldn't, I didn't even really know what scream was. Mm-hmm. I just had an idea. Like I knew that that mask was worn by like a guy who would kill people. Yeah. I don't know where. I guess I probably would have saw it on TV or, or saw like my uncle watching it or an older cousin or something mm. and just not remembered seeing it but seeing the mask would trigger that fear in me even mm. though it's just like a white face but then as i started to get older when i started to like explore more like spooky extreme things that would like evoke a sense of emotion intentionally as i started to get more interested in storytelling and stuff i started to chase that horror i wanted to see the extremes i wanted to see like special effects and gore and like all this spooky spooky shit you know Mm -hmm. um and you know i was very very interested in that type of stuff from a young age too like even in the kids version like Mm scooby-doo like the original scooby-doo is kind of like horror for kids Mm -hmm. it's very gothic and spooky and there's ghosts and there's intentional jump scares and stuff like that i was super into goosebumps you know all like the kid horror stuff i went through all of it Mm mm-hmm so it made sense that at a certain age, I'd start watching like actual proper horror that was supposed to scare you, like, and get really into it. Mm-hmm. So I got really into a bunch of slashers, which I think every like young teenager gets into. They yeah. want to watch all the slashers. I got into the slashers when I was not a teenager yet. So I got I got into like before middle school. I had watched all the Friday the Thirteenth and stuff mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> And uh, Freddy Krueger was one. Freddy, I think Nightmare on Elm Street is still like a genuinely scary, great horror movie because mm-hmm. of just how like helpless it makes you feel. Because mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, well, I have to sleep at some point. He's gonna like, he's gonna get you. Yeah. But then those movies are also so fun. It's like preying on your vulnerability. Oh, same thing with the shower scene. Like you're yeah. very. That's a very vulnerable moment. You don't really have anything to defend yourself. No, you're yeah. in- entirely helpless, basically. Yeah. And like. You fight back, you struggle, you slip, you crack your head, you die anyway. Yeah, so there's like true no way out. Yeah, which I think is the kind of stuff that makes for the best horror. Oh yeah, 100%. It makes you feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like watching Nightmare on Elm Street makes you feel exhausted. Seeing her like start to fall asleep while in class and stuff, and you're, you're familiar with that feeling mm-hmm. if you've done like an all-nighter or something. Like once you become familiar with the feeling of staying awake, it's so exhausting seeing those characters go through that, mm-hmm. that that I feel like is what horror is about. It's about like evoking those like, that sympathetic part of you. That extreme empathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you're like, oh shit. Like even if you don't like the characters, even if whatever is happening is like maybe really extreme, mm-hmm. there's the part of you who's just like, damn, <laughs> like I would be terrified. Yeah. And it makes you, like, maybe reflect on those emotions that you have, too. And, like, what would you do yeah. in that situation? That kind of thing. And also to build off of what you are saying, um, our conversation in regards to, like, being caught in the shower or, like, being attacked while you're asleep. Um, growing up, my biggest fear, and even, like, to this day sometimes, it freaks me out. It's the dark. Yeah. You just can't see. Can't the see. Unknown. So that there's, there's unknown and they you don't see what's coming (laughs) that kind of thing i feel like it's like very straightforward and it's almost like childlike but at the same time if you look deeper into it like genuinely that is a point of vulnerability you're blind Mm -hmm. so that's uh like even 
uh, growing up next to the basement because the basement was always the cliche um, kind of a horror space in the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, ever since my parents and I, we used to go to the movie theater every 4th of July and we go see a new movie. It, was, it just became like a tradition because mm. at one point, like when you're outside in the backyard and it gets hot and then also the mosquitoes start to come out. Um, before we got into like the campfires um, time of the night, yeah. we'd go see a movie and like the nice air conditioning and then we'd have something to talk about later. And one of them, uh, I think it was the new Transformers movie at the time. Yeah. I forget which one it was. Which one? Uh, with the little dude. The little robotic dude that's kind of perverted, but he's funny. All of them. All of them? All of those movies all of them have, have a curve it? because all those movies are gross, pervy movies. Oh, okay. Well, no, I think the first one has a little dude. But the so first one? The second one, maybe? I feel like it might be Transformers 2, I'm thinking of. Is it the one with the, the Devastator has balls? I wouldn't remember that at we that get, time. I was too young. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, we're at the testicles. And it's like, oh, it's funny because it's a robot and it has wrecking balls. Ha 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 ha. Thank you, Michael Bay giving a transformer nuts anyway <laughs> there was a trailer before that movie yeah. whatever transformers it was mm -hmm. and um it was for the conjuring oh and the clap in the dark oh. i <laughs> to this day if i was doing that i'd probably just keel over and die really like genuinely that that freaked me out and that was like you know what you had that that moment where you realize that like you're alive mm -hmm. at that young age at that point in my life which i was probably like uh, eight or nine at the mm -hmm. time um all of a sudden like i felt the first moment of mortifying fear mm -hmm. and from then on anytime i'm genuinely scared i go possum yeah like i play dead it's like i just i can't move so my sister and my mom and my dad, they found this out <laughs> that I was freaking out about it. And sometimes one of them would clap around the house mm -hmm. and I just, <laughs> the tears would start. Because <laughs> immediately it made me feel like I was in danger. It was yeah. just, it was such a strange trigger, but it was so effective. I will say that scene is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, the conjuring made horror kind of great again. Mm-hmm. Like, with the 90s and the, like the, the aughts before the 2010s, horror kind of became really bad and cliche and, like, poppy. There was, you like, a few so? standouts. There okay, was some so standouts. What, okay, what's a couple examples that you think things got too cliche and poppy? Well, I can think of less classic great horror movies that came out in those two decades than hmm. in the decades since or before. Okay. So I would say Scream... Like the whole, basically the first two screams, but then the third one is the third scream. Mm -hmm. It's like clowned on notoriously. Um, I know what you did last summer, but then there's I know what you did last summer too. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, all the remakes of Texas Chainsaw and all the remakes of Friday the 13th, which that one's actually good. The remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's all like that same, sh like. It was the era of recycling material. Yeah. yeah. And like Scream 4 was the only good one in that era later. Mm -hmm. But then like everything in between was just generic paranormal activity. Like, I don't know. It was strange. It was like a dead zone. Mm -hmm. Which is why when The Conjuring came out, horror kind of became popular again by like force. Because there's that scene. I mean, that clapping scene. Like I've seen that 
as an adult and slept with the lights on. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've had that feeling. All due respect, I understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, even though there are, of course, there's always great movies coming out. Mm-hmm. Always. And there's always going to be great horror, even if you're just doing a blanket statement like I just did. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to talk later today about something we saw from that time period that I think is really good. Mm-hmm. But also, similarly, contemporaries of that movie are very criticized mm-hmm. for going for a similar genre, but then not doing anything, being boring and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like The Woman in Black or something. Yeah. Or it's doing that gothic horror but not well, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it, it's like, we went through a period where like movies were in flux. Everything was trying to go, it, it, like the every movie from that time period feels like it's from that time period. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, of course. Some movies are timeless. I think they hold up really great because of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then some movies from that time period really, really benefit from looking and feeling like they're from that time period. There's such like a texture to it. What's your stance on that? Which, uh, which do you think uh, holds more value, holds more weight? Something being timeless or Some... something being dated? Yeah. I think something being timeless will be more effective for longer. Hmm. So if a movie came out in like the 60s mm-hmm. and I can watch it today, not know what year it came out and like have trouble finding out what year it came out, I feel like that's stronger. I don't know. I feel like... Like if you watch The Shining... Yeah. Would you say, like, this feels like a 1980 movie? Mm-hmm. You would think that? Purely based off of the, um, well, now we have, like, much more high-definition screens to watch it on mm-hmm. versus the uh, equipment at the time that was utilized. So regardless, and I mean, even, like, the styles and stuff, but it's obvious. Then, but The Shining could be in, like, 8K. That's true. Perfectly high-resolution, like, 8,000 pixels today like we could see it in that i mean but even the language feels strange it could be yeah. a timepiece. but that is the thing the shining is meant to be a, a movie lost in time mm-hmm. it's like simultaneously in the 20s and all like you know what i mean mm-hmm. um or i guess uh, with the same director like 2001 a space odyssey right that movie's from the 60s mm. it looks like it, it could be from like the it, like last year like <laughs> I think I have more respect for a movie that is before its time mm-hmm. than something that can be applicable to all eras. Well, that's the thing. Movies that are before their time are usually the ones that are timeless. I suppose you could see it that way. Like, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the reason it holds up so well, because mm-hmm. it was way ahead of its time. Same with The Shining. Right. Star Wars. Even Star Wars is now feeling dated. Mm-hmm. But like, those types of things. Right. They they feel like they can take place or they could have came out whenever because they are so strong in what they were going for. Mm-hmm. They weren't leaning so heavily into the modern technology. Like I guess you could say Star Wars the prequels. Mm. When those movies came out, they were doing all the CG, but all like the 90s, 2000s CG, mm-hmm. which is not great. Mm-hmm. So now looking back at it, it goes... Ah, you know, this looks like a movie from the late 90s, early 2000s, because they lent too far into the limitations. When you lean into what you can do, Mm -hmm. like, I guess the movie we're going to be talking about later today, you could have told me that movie came out in the 80s, the 90s, you could tell me that movie came out in 2010. They could, you know, I could believe any of them. Mm-hmm. I guess the fact that there is an A-list actor in it who I know how she looks like now versus right. then 
would be the giveaway, I guess. But it is shot on film. It is not doing anything so timely to that era that it stands out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if something comes out, I mean, that's not. It's not. I mean, always besides, an issue. besides what's going on in the actual era itself that's supposed to take place in. Well, yeah, it's a period piece. Right. So if you're referencing like when it was filmed, when it was made, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Okay, not the actual content. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, then I misunderstood. I understand that. And, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, something could be of an era. Like, I mean, Scream. That's a, I was just talking about how uh, I like Scream. Mm-hmm. The Scream movies are inherently of the era. They're about the modern day. Mm-hmm. Right? So, in, in the 90s, it was about 90s horror. When it came out in 2009, Scream 4, it was about 2009 horror. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Scream 5, I love Scream 5. Scream 5 is about 2022. Mm-hmm. It is about living today and having to deal with what movies are like today. In 10 years, they're going to be like, wow, they really were talking about 2020 horror, huh? Mm-hmm. Kind of the same way we look back at Scream 4 and we go, man, this was really ahead of its time. They were, they, they were saying this about 2009. Imagine what they'd be saying today, Scream mm-hmm. 5. So, <laughs> so I guess that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. But... Something that is timeless will also, like, a movie I was thinking about recently, which is not horror at all, but I was mm-hmm. thinking about V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Do you know about that movie? Um, I know of it. I haven't seen it yet. It's a movie based on a comic book from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's about fascism and anarchy and it's a dystopian future and all this kind of stuff. It's a very fascinating book. Mm-hmm. And I like the movie a lot. Um, the movie came out right after the Matrix movies. And... It, there's elements of it that feel really like they were going for like this is right after the Matrix mm-hmm. but for the most part the movie actually kind of feels timeless mm. because there's there's like maybe one scene or two scenes that really feel like from that time because of the technology but everything else is shot in such a way and it's the world is created in such a way that it could take place whenever because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a near future so the fact that it's indistinct in that and the way it's shot in the film so we don't have the look of like early 2000s digital mm-hmm. that kind of thing that it you know things like that test stand the test of time a little bit more how do we get into this discussion we we're talking this is supposed to be a movie a horror movie episode mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah That's I what mean, podcasts are about, it, was, it was pretty spot on we've been keeping it horror stuff yeah but yeah, I, I think horror is another one of those that... Oh, we're talking about origin stories. That's what Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think horror is another one of those that, like, the era that us, a piece of horror can come out in mm-hmm. can really define it, as well as uh, limit it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think of 80s horror, all the slashers with all the special effects, there's, like, a heyday in it where it's like, this is awesome. Like, the thing is phenomenal. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest horror movies. Mm-hmm. And the special effects are beautiful. Nightmare on Elm Street is a classic, but that's one of those where because it was in that era of 80s horror, everything got way too big and way too silly and kept going for way too long to the point where, you know, it got franchised to death. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th movies are schlocky and cheap and they're fun. They never really, like, got great. Mm. But because they were from that popular era, they feel really 80s. You know mm. what I mean? But that's campy. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then they, they lean into the camp. Yeah. And that's when they start to get good. It becomes their, like, superpower at that point. Yeah. yeah. And then that's the thing. That's the charm of it. Yeah. That's the charm of, like, they that own era. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is something I think is also a strong point to horror. Horror mm-hmm. is about extremes. Horror is comedy. Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? Because when you think of it, comedy is a set-up punchline. It's building tension and releasing tension and controlling that in the audience to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. What is horror? Building tension, releasing tension, in order to get a reaction out of the audience. Hmm. Which is why some of the hardest, but also some of the natural combinations in genres are horror and comedy. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, they feel like opposites. Yeah. Horror is supposed to be something that sticks with you. Something that makes you shiver something and want to retreat and haunt. Comedy is something that's supposed to be a release. It's supposed to be something that makes you laugh, make you happy, make you smile, maybe make you forget about the things that are haunting you. Mm-hmm. They both affect you in some way and yeah. leave you with something. But most of the best horror movies are also kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not all of them, of course. Some yeah. some horror movies fill you with dread and like leave you hanging with that mm-hmm. for a while afterwards. And there's a lot of great ones we can talk about that I know you're, you're probably thinking about that have that. Mm-hmm. That really like leave you with this feeling of like, wow, this is upsetting, <laughs> and yeah. I'm now gonna have to be thinking about this for the rest of the day. Yeah. But then on the other hand, Ghostbusters, Scream, uh, Evil Dead, which is like a mm-hmm. franchise that has like forever impacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of things. I mean, uh, horror characters lend themselves to comedic situations. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Those movies end up being funny. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies are kind of always funny. I mean, especially in all the different ways that he chooses to kill and prey on his victims. Yeah. They can they can be comical. <laughs> because they're supposed to be creative. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, you're getting joy and excitement out of the creativity. Out of like, what's coming next? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you don't really care what happens to the characters. You want to see how funnily and creatively they can die. <laughs> Yeah. There's like a version of As that. morbid as it is, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's fun. That's what slashers are about. Mm-hmm. Slashers are almost not about being scared anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yeah. think, think about when you watch a slasher. The most exciting stuff sometimes is like going, oh, mm-hmm. when someone dies. Mm-hmm. Not so much like looking away and going like getting like upset that they died. Like, we saw X recently. Yeah, we did. The Some of the most fun in that movie is seeing the, the kills. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Especially because, spoiler alert, it's the old lady who's yeah. the murderer. Yeah, it, it's really creative and well, yeah. well done in that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's like unexpected. There's a... Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of wow. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wanted to slam that door. Oh, yeah, they did. Wow. But, yeah. You were she saying, heard us. talking about the old lady. The old lady. Yeah, the old lady. She's over there. She's just slamming the uh-huh. door. She's like, I'm going to go in there and put a rake in their eyes. <laughs> That's a good way to go. <laughs> but I will say, mm-hmm. the one thing I think that holds X back from being really, really great what? is the fact that the kills are not that creative. That's a good for point. For a slasher. Yeah. That's my one thing. I, I, I enjoy it. It was a very enjoyable time. I loved the 70s of it. I loved the tone. I loved... 
everything about like what the movie was going for. Mm-hmm. It was trying to be kind of corny. It was. It was also funny. trying to be artsy too. Like I you felt think? like it kept getting in its own way. I felt like it was trying to be too edgy. That's what I mean. Yeah, like it was. It was taking itself too seriously, and I feel like. Like, because I had looked over at some other people in the theater, and a lot of people were on their phones at one point. Really? Yeah. So, I feel like if they really, like, honed in, like, like Friday the 13th, they embraced that mm-hmm. campiness of it, and that's when it became good. That's when the value went up. Yeah. If they embraced those kind of creative deaths, mm-hmm. I feel like there could have been much more attachment to the characters and much more of a reaction and engagement levels. Yeah. But because it felt so separate, like those are actors on the screen and I'm sitting in a chair watching the movie, it was hard to connect and mm-hmm. it was hard to really involve yourself in the story. I think that that bit you're getting at about it taking itself seriously mm-hmm. is the movie dedicating this is a really weird criticism mm-hmm. because I actually did like this element. Mm-hmm. They dedicated a lot of time to making us know the characters, right? which is not something a slasher usually does, especially a slasher like this, which is so Texas Chainsaw inspired. Mm-hmm. Like we got to know their, like what the characters were thinking, feeling, and how they felt about certain situations that didn't necessarily impact the horror elements of it. But mm-hmm. maybe they were disturbing in a way, or maybe you know that's very A24. Now that I think yeah, about it, but yeah, that's that seems to be like a pattern in their work. But I will say, unlike an A24 movie, mm-hmm. it seems to have a lot of fun with itself. It did. Which I think the best movies from A24 do, mm-hmm. like The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is great because uh, it has a everything lot of fun. everywhere all at once. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Oh yeah, and all the movies that those directors have done. Hereditary, The Vavitch. Yeah. All those things. Well, the thing with Hereditary and The Witch oh, yeah. is that was the movies I was hitting at before. Yeah. Those movies have like so little release. They let you. Oh, a they, lot, a lot of tension build. Mm-hmm. Um, they let you wallow. I disagree. I, I have to disagree. Yeah. Hereditary is maybe Midsommar a little bit more because Midsommar is actually less scary. It's. Actually, I actually haven't seen that one. Midsommar is kind of funny. Yeah. But Hereditary is not funny, unless you're watching it the second time. Well, recognize the the difference in the context as yeah. well. Like the yeah, content is severely different in like Polar severity and, and how drastic it is and yeah. how far they're willing to go as well. I feel like that would fall more into like a genre of shocking horror mm-hmm. and like the kind that haunts you and like leaves a mark on you as yeah. well. And like, not to mention the hereditary, uh, the hereditary, I just mixed the two, the Vavitch and hereditary end in a very similar way. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, they do. Like they both reach, spoilers alert, they both reach their their own version of Nirvana. Yeah. In ways like in that the gist are of it. disturbing. In ways that one may say are disturbing. That are meant to be kind of disturbing. Not the characters, mm-hmm. but like the actions they're doing. Well, the actions they've done leading up to that point to bring them to that nirvana. Yeah. But also, I mean, could you say that's a very similar situation to Joker as well? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Joker's another one of those where there's a lot of disturbing things. Like, that movie also, I would say, falls into, like, horror, comedy, drama. Oh, yeah, thrill. and psychological as yeah. well. Definitely. Like we're, we're, we're brought along by this unreliable narrator through his disturbing acts. But we're seeing it through his point of view, so we're almost sympathetic to him. Mm-hmm. 
So it's similar to like something like the, the Levitch or like Hereditary, except unlike, I think Hereditary of these is the one where I'd say that movie like takes my mood away during the day if I see that. Well, I mean, it's really, Hereditary isn't a movie. I would call it more an experience. It's, it's one of those words like, it's know. like it's more than that. It's disturbing. It's not something that you like. It's not supposed to made to be your comfort movie. It's no, not something that you can really watch more than once. It's more like you went and witnessed like something super shocking and you feel all these emotions at once and now I need to go show everybody else. Now I need to go invite <laughs> yeah. like all my friends over and we need to watch it together. Yeah. So I can re-experience those emotions with Through them. them. Yeah. And it's all about that connection too mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what X really lacked besides the moments where we figured out that it was the old lady mm-hmm. and watching her kill like maybe the first two people that was it but everything else it was just like her kills were so simple yeah there wasn't really much thought behind it there wasn't much symbolism behind it she just wanted to kill them all and that was it I, I just think if X was exactly the same but the kills were cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I would have dug it more. Just like up the kills, just a little L- bit. Literally, yeah. just like have fun with it. Like if maybe if like one of the char- if like take out one of the shots. I mean, besides too many like, characters are killed with a gun in a movie that's a slasher. Agreed, definitely. I think a gun in a slasher should be used very sparingly. A knife isn't as personal as uh, no. A gun isn't as personal as a knife. And I think even a knife is boring. Uh, well, a knife can be overused unless you get creative with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think, that, like, after a couple knife stabs, mm-hmm. you get it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think the new Scream did a good job with that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole shtick is that he's stabbing them with a knife. Mm-hmm. But they did some f- gruesome knife stuff in Scream 5. Mm-hmm. But Hereditary, I guess I, I keep wanting to go back to Hereditary. Yeah. Because the thing is that we talked about earlier, that horror, effect of horror preys on emotions that we can kind of relate to. Right. And so much of Hereditary is about family. Yeah, and that and gets personal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No one has more baggage than they do when it comes to like their family life. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, everybody in some way, no matter how great your family life is, you can relate to the awkward dreadful feeling of like a weird awkward dinner getting in trouble with your parents and having to eat dinner afterwards mm-hmm. even awaiting the punishment yeah. awaiting the grounding yeah so feeling those scenes or or maybe even your parents being disappointed in you in a certain way or whatever feeling that dread that guilt yeah hereditary takes that and forces it down you mm-hmm. it's just like not only are they disappointed in you but in this, like, you're watching a case where it's like, is she right? Is he, is he like a mess? Like, is this kid the problem? Like, and then is she also the same problem for her? Like, but then she's the way she, like, there's so much layered in that. It's called hereditary for a reason. Right. <laughs> like, there's so, it's so, so rich in, like, preying on those vulnerable emotions about family mm-hmm. that everybody can relate to in some way. It's such a spider web conflict as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many things attached to other things, and then you have these morals that you're trying to implicate and connect with certain characters. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, well, if you take it from this perspective, they're correct. But if you take it from this perspective, they're also 
correct, but this person would also be correct if you take it from that perspective. But then so, they're all wrong. Too. But then they're all wrong <laughs> at the end of the day, and it's like, well, define wrong, not right. So yeah. what's right? So it's also like yeah. so much gray area too. Yeah. And, and everyone is responsible for like horrific actions in the movie, mm -hmm. and, the, and the ones who aren't pay for it. Mm -hmm. Like, but they don't pay for anything they've done. Right. They just have to suffer because of these other people. They're suffering other people's consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, think about I guess the dad in that movie. The poor daddy. Yeah. He just kind of is there. He's trying to stay strong. He he is in a shitty situation. Yeah. And. He just dies. <laughs> he just in one of the most brutal ways possible, uh -huh. and slow. Slowly, violently, and then we have to watch it in like a shocking scene. And watch his wife watch it too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're watching it through her. Like she's she is so petrified in fear mm -hmm. that that is becoming like an iconic image of horror. Mm -hmm. Like her face is almost scary to look at. Yeah, but those facial expressions, though, mm -hmm. I actually back when I was in. Um, AP theater class in senior year of high school. Yeah. I, when I was directing a, uh, a set, I forget, oh, a set, <laughs> it's not a set. When I was directing a, a short play, um, the way that I would encourage my actors is I would send them links to certain movie clips of like favorite horror movies, such yeah. as Hereditary, and I'd tell them to practice it in the mirror and yeah. to Try and encapsulate. I want to feel every inch of emotion that's in your heart and in your brain. I want to see it see on, it your, on face, your face on stage. I want to see it from the back of the room. Yeah. So I feel like that is such a powerful tool, not only mm -hmm. in cinema, but in theater as well. Because it's all about being in the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing, too. With movies, it's almost the opposite. Mm -hmm. You don't want to see the expression from the back of the room. Mm -hmm. You want to see their expression... Because their whole face is going to take up the screen. Right. It has to be subtle. Mm-hmm. If it's too much, that's how you get to soap opera acting. Yeah. But with horror, you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. You can get insanely theatrical. Because you're pushing characters to their extremes. Mm -hmm. So when something like Hereditary takes still moments, but the characters have the expressions that you can read from across the street... Mm -hmm. It feels so much more gut-wrenching. And also because the frame is so up close and mm -hmm. it's at for long moments of time, it almost becomes uncomfortable. Yeah. Very similar to, spoiler, of the Batman. Well, the, it becomes uncomfortable. Yeah, the <laughs> Riddler's <laughs> like panic attack moment yeah. where he like elongates um, his vowels. He's like, oh, I had it all figured out. Because well, he, he's also like <laughs> screaming and yeah. he's having like a, he's clearly on the spectrum. Yeah. He's having like a meltdown. Mm-hmm. So it's uncomfortable to watch him have this meltdown. And Bat he's just chilling. Batman's just watching well, yeah, him do it. Batman's <laughs> antagonizing him. Mm -hmm. Batman's just like, you're a fucking loser. You're going <laughs> to die here in this prison. No one's going to remember you. He's like mm -hmm. saying that. He's like literally well, yeah, saying I mean, words. the Riddler, he caused such, such destruction. Mm -hmm. like, and, and there's no sympathy granted to him from nah. Batman in right. that scene too. The audience almost feels sympathy for him because we see where he comes from. Yeah. We see like, um, and also it's hinted that Batman also has sympathy for him because he thinks his cause is probably correct. Mm -hmm. Like well, there's some lines in the script where it's like, oh, you think he's justified. Mm -hmm. And in that deleted scene with the Joker, when he takes the evidence of the serial killings to the Joker and he's like, can you tell me why these killings are happening? Like as a similar case, he basically like, um, I guess to reference another horror movie because the Batman is also referencing 
horror movies in mm-hmm. its text. Oh, that's that's what makes me love one of uh, the Batman as one of my new favorite uh, Batman movies altogether. Yeah. Like just based off of Dark Knight, I thought Batman was genuinely just like a millionaire with fancy toys and yeah. stuff. And not knowing any of um, previous knowledge based off the comics and anything, I was kind of a noob to it, especially the mm-hmm. DC universe, because I've been so like dedicated to Marvel. Yeah. I was like born and raised thinking Marvel, because mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah, because Spider-Man Of awesome. course. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my Toby Tobe. <laughs> yeah, Toby. Toby. The, the OG. Best. Yeah. Best Spider-Man, hands down. Tom Holland Easily. fans, don't come for me, please. <laughs> no, because you're 100% right. If mm-hmm. anyone thinks, listen, you know, you think Tom Holland's better than Tobey Maguire, you have, a, you, have a, you have a little bit of growing up to do, okay? Oh, he said it. <laughs> you, you, listen, I get it. You're only 12, but like, you got Hey, be nice. You're, you're younger than the Tobey Maguire movies. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop. I remember them coming out. <laughs> Am I young? No, you're not. No, I'm not, right? You're younger than one of them. You're does that make you feel one. old? Yeah, it does a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're welcome. Huh. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, there's a there's like an element of... Yeah, yeah, the Batman. The Batman. The new one. Mm-hmm. It is one stub toe away from an R rating. Mm-hmm. And that so much of that is because of the horror influence from like movies like Seven, mm-hmm. which is like a almost like a horror noir. It's about a serial killer. It's a thriller. Um, Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. is a psychological horror. It's one of the greatest of all time. It won Best Picture, mm-hmm. I think. Or it won many Oscars yeah. when it came out. And that scene with the Joker is just Silence of the Lambs. It, it, the Joker is almost treated as like a horror monster. Mm-hmm. We don't see his face until the end. And when we do, it's it's through close-ups that are grotesque, almost body horror-like. Yeah. He's like this, he clearly has these acid burns and he's all messed up looking. Mm-hmm. And in that scene, he even says, he's like, oh, you think he's right. Mm-hmm. Because we're supposed to realize that Batman is starting to identify with Riddler because they have similar backgrounds. Except the difference is the movie forces us to realize that Batman is unhinged in that. Mm-hmm. He is someone who was raised like very privileged even though he had a very traumatic upbringing. And like he's forced to see that in these other characters. Mm-hmm. He's forced to see that in Riddler, who is someone who was also an orphan who faced a different path in life even though maybe they had a similar branching off point mm-hmm. right they're both within the Wayne Foundation but one of them had a bunch of money and the other one was abandoned in an orphanage mm-hmm. he was like you weren't a real orphan I was a real orphan where we, the fucking babies wouldn't survive the winter mm-hmm. and then on the other hand we have another orphan who had to grow up on the streets and she had to get street smart and almost chose a more similar path to Batman because of maybe her more strong sense of self because she had to grow up and find out who she is without a support system and Catwoman. Right. So we have these three characters in this movie that are diametrically opposed, but they all are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. And we're witnessing all these three characters kind of like through Batman, he's seeing the other versions of himself. Like they're foils for him. Mm-hmm. All that to say that there's a bunch of really good horror scenes in that movie. Mm-hmm. Batman, for the first half of the movie, is treated as though he is a literal monster. He is like inhuman. He is like a demon. Comes out of the shadows. We hear him before we see him. 
He yeah, he, so he's genuinely scary. Yeah, yeah. he is insanely scary. Mm-hmm. When he beats those guys up, it like makes you shake in your seat a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like even after his introduction scene, the first time we see Batman, the first time we see him physically, he is violently like breaking apart a gang of people mm-hmm. to the point where like the guy who he's trying to save is terrified of him. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to see him as like a horror movie monster. With his voice is booming in deep. Mm-hmm. His footsteps are loud and they echo. We almost we see his feet walking into a room before we see his face. Mm-hmm. Like his eyes are always entrenched in darkness. Like there's so much horror visual language in that movie. Which also, um, building off of your point from the down top uh, pan, like uh, seeing the feet before the face, mm-hmm. I feel like that almost demands authority that yeah. demands respect mm-hmm. and it totally like i didn't i just had an aha moment because i totally forgot about that yeah. like i officially realized like wow they were really setting setting him up to appear as powerful as possible exactly as like this super individual and, and the first time we see him in a room full of cops too mm-hmm. we can tell how intelligent he is and how much presence he has mm-hmm. with no words he doesn't say anything he walks in, he's bigger than everybody. Mm-hmm. His footsteps are louder, his boots are big. We get big close-ups, his feet fill the screen. Mm-hmm. But his feet also, he slowly hovers around the room, almost like a ninja or like a phantom. Mm-hmm. He just moves his cloak, he's flowing like water. Mm-hmm. But his footsteps boom at the same time as he goes to different pieces of evidence just to let the cops know that he's ahead of like them. Like, who's really in charge? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating how he just... He has such a physical presence as if he is, like, literally a demon, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, he appears at that. He's, like, in leather. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all sewn together on his face. He doesn't look appealing. Mm-mm. And I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah. Like, he isn't as... And that's the thing that has always been there in Batman as a character. Like, Batman was birthed through horror, like impressionist, impressionistic horror, like Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. He is a bat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's supposed to look scary. His whole shtick is fear. He is inspiring fear in order to elicit justice, I guess. Like, his end. Justice. Yeah. Vengeance. <laughs> yeah. Like, he is preying on negative emotions. Mm-hmm. He lives in the shadows. Like, there's these things where it's like, there's this character who we all identify as like this, you know, he's one of the most popular superheroes. Mm -hmm. Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. That's it. That's the three. Oh my God. They were roommates. Oh, you can hear what they're saying? No. I'm just referencing a Vine. Oh yeah. For for all you millennials out there listening. Remember Vine? Vine was fun. Does anyone remember Vine? Do you remember Vine? How about this? Do you remember Musical.ly? No. No? You don't remember Musical.ly? No. You weren't I hip with Vine. it, Daniel? No. No. I was too old for Musical.ly. You weren't lip syncing to Closer by the Chainsmokers nope. on Musical.ly? <laughs> no. I, oh, I knew of Musical.ly, mm-hmm. but by the time I found out what Musical.ly was, it had changed names to TikTok. Oh, uh, okay. Because it was the same thing. And then it took me two years to realize what TikTok was. Yeah, that got really big when I was in middle school. And what? like all the... Yeah, all no. the uh huh, all oh. the cool kids had Musically, and they were getting a bunch of hits and likes on their stuff. And then Vine was still around then. Vine was still around. With Musically at the same time. 
Uh, there was a moment in time where they like overlapped because I remember having both of them downloaded on my Kindle because I wasn't allowed to have a phone yet. <laughs> really? Really, really. And then as I soon as I got into high school, which is freshman year, which was 2018, then that's when TikTok, I think, emerged from the darkness. Because people were still talking a little bit about Vine, but then Vine was dead. TikTok was like 2019. Was it? It was. That's when I heard about it. And I spent months asking around, what is TikTok? Because mm-hmm. I knew it was Musical.ly. Mm-hmm. I know Musical.ly changed names to TikTok. Mm-hmm. And then, but the thing is, every time I would see a TikTok, it wouldn't be lip syncing. So I would be like, why aren't they lip syncing? What is the difference now? I don't get it. But is it fine? And people would be like, no, it's not really like six seconds. It's kind of whatever. <laughs> and I would be like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> what, what do you mean, mean? it's whatever? Mm-hmm. Now I kind of get it. Yeah. But it took a, it took a bit. It <gasps> took a while before I could understand what it was. Danny TikTok's coming soon. <laughs> no, there aren't. Not. No? No. Aw. Guys, blow up our GMs asking <laughs> Danny to make TikToks. I won't make... I actually don't... I, I, I have my principle of not downloading that app on my phone. <laughs> we're going to change that. Listeners, we're going to change that. We're going to change his Not mind. Not on my phone. We'll have it on your phone. What? Hell no. I don't have storage space for that. You think what? I do? My Android? Damn. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> it looks like we've crossed an impasse then. I guess no one's downloading TikTok. Oh, anymore. no. What's going to happen? They're going to lose a stat. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about horror movies before, weren't we? Yeah, we were talking about Batman. Oh, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Batman's always been layered deeply with horror. Every... Iteration of Batman has done it to different degrees. Mm-hmm. Successful and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like I think the Nolan movies don't really do much great scary stuff. Mm-hmm. The scary stuff in the Nolan movies comes from the crime. Mm-hmm. From seeing like, oh, the Joker is kind of scary because he's a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Or Scarecrow in the first movie. He's scary because he makes you see monsters. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing scary in them, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like nothing really horror text. Because those are crime movies. Mm-hmm. The Burton movies, um, I guess, have horror in the fact that they are gross. Like, right. The first Batman 89, I wouldn't say it has too much horror elements outside of like the given gothic stuff. Mm-hmm. But because um, it's Burton and like the extremities, like this like massive super city with these gothic structures and stuff like that. But I wouldn't call it scary, more cartoonish, more animated. Right. Whereas returns with Catwoman and Penguin is more I would say horror based because those characters are much more horror based like Catwoman is like undead and she's creepy and she moves like a doll and she's really cool and stuff like that Mm -hmm. her suit is like latex and stitched together which is inherently like uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so like and then Danny DeVito plays like this gross mutant penguin who like (laughs) bites people's noses off and stuff it's crazy (laughs) I love that movie it's wild and nuts it's fun and then we got cartoon Batman we got like Batman Forever and we got Batman and Robin which were like essentially live action cartoons uh was that when was the Jim Carrey Riddler Batman Forever Batman Forever Mm mm-hmm that's one of the few Batmans I do remember watching growing up. Yeah. Particularly because I watched The Cable Guy. And my mom was like, oh, you like Jim Carrey? You should watch Batman Forever. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> so I did. And I actually liked him in that. Yeah. I thought he was super fun. He's great in that. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of like Batman Forever. I yeah. haven't seen it in a long time. I've been it's been a little bit for me, it. too. 
But I know Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, Joel Schumacher was trying to go to make the 60s Batman mm-hmm. in the modern Batman. Mm-hmm. He was going for insanely theatrical, over the top, really gay, really like like explicitly gay. Mm-hmm. With because he's a gay filmmaker, he's in, inserting some of those things in the fact that like we are idolizing these male figures who are built like Greek gods. Mm-hmm. So like he made the costume more. Uh, like Greek sculpture, like gave them nipples and cod pieces. Love it. And there was this whole like gay fright with Batman and Robin back in the sixties, where it's like, oh, a man and a boy How? sleeping in the same house. Could you? Oh my god. Let alone the same room. Exactly. Oh, the audacity. So because of that, it feels like Joel Schumacher was biting back at that by being like, hell yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Robin's a man now. Oh. So who knows what they're doing down in the Batcave? Oh my god. <laughs> That's so good. The ladies like the bike. Mm -hmm. That's why Superman works alone. That's just the best movie ever made. That's so good. Ice to meet you. (laughs) What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. But I guess we we only really got horror back into Batman in a big way in Batman vs. Superman. Mm -hmm. Because that Batman is like kind of scary. And he's shot to be like a monster. That was the first time I think Batman was really filmed cinematically to be a monstrous presence. Besides the Batman. Well, that was previous. The Batman was the, is the latest version. Right, that's what I mean. But just before the Batman, we, we got Batman vs. Superman, where Batman is the villain of that movie for a lot of it. Hmm. Which is like, you know, I have my take on that. We'll be here forever if we talk about it. Oh boy, that sounds like we'll a... On. Batman vs. Superman themed episode? <laughs> oh yeah? We'll see. I think, we'll see. I think we'll have to, I think we'll have to revisit that uh, yeah, another we'll another episode. We'll see. Yeah, but certainly. I think we've we've gone on pretty long. Pretty long, yeah. In this theme. I think we should maybe move on yeah. to our next segment. Yeah. Our next segment is something that goes just to Jack. Just to just to just to I'm, suge- I'm sorry, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say the name of our next segment, our, Mater, our is next it goes semi- just to ju- just to Just suggesting? Just suggestion. Just suggestion. Just suggestion. <gasps> okay, take off the cha 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 at the end. This is a happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is our next segment where we just suggest stuff. It's just suggestions. Mm-hmm. We're just suggesting. Just suggestion. We're just suggestion. Danny Dan Dan, you want to start off? I would like to start off, but would you like to start off before I start off? No, I What's think you should start off first. Winter? Nah, I think you should start off first. You think I should start off first? I think, I think so. No, I'm feeling I'm feeling kind of generous today. I think I want to hear yours first. Well, I guess I'll use my my just suggestion suggestion mm-hmm. to uh, rave a little bit about one of my favorite pieces of horror media. This is something we actually watched together, but it's something I've seen famously many 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 times in a row. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. <laughs> What's that? It would be the Evil Dead franchise. Oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? I figured this would be the perfect kind of medium to talk about it because oh, it yeah. is an alternative almost form of horror. Right. Something that is, like, inherently funny mm-hmm. and campy and leaning into that and is one of the most popular version, mm-hmm. versions of a movie doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously have movies like uh, Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. or um, we, uh, What We Do in the Shadows which are great pieces of horror comedy, and I love those movies, and I rewatch them almost every year or two years. Mm-hmm. But nothing for me beats the Evil Dead franchise. Mm. And we've seen 
you you've seen the first three films. I have. We watched them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, I was, was trying to get it. We saw those together. But there's more. There's more. There's more. <gasps> there is a that. 2013 film mm-hmm. that was supposed to be. It was marketed as a remake of mm-hmm. Evil Dead. And uh, for the most part, it is the events of the first Evil Dead movie, but as if they were played completely straight. Mm-hmm. Which, in all fairness, the first Evil Dead movie isn't funny on purpose. Yeah. It's campy, but when they were making the movie, they were setting out to make something that was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But Sam Raimi inherently has these theatrical Three Stooges-like influences. And there were some of that that creeps into it. And mm-hmm. obviously some parts that are not great because it's such a low-budget um, indie movie made by like 20-year-olds in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, there are limitations that have since become funny to us mm-hmm. as fans. All that to say, the 2013 movie is taking that original film and playing it in its extreme seriousness. Mm-hmm. Which in a way is campy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's like a meta-ness to it. Where it's like, we are making this so serious, it's extreme, and it's kind of funny. Yeah. So we're seeing like these demonic possessions in like what 2013's interpretation of demonic possession looks like. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing gore with modern effects and modern, you know, kind of like standards of like like grossness and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the extreme grossness from a new modern lens that is much more self-serious. Until it gets to a point where it also enters that camp that we love about the franchise, while also still taking itself seriously. Right. So it's like this almost in- Ouroboros snake eating its own tail <laughs> of like, we're not going to do a funny movie. We're not going to do a campy movie. But by doing that, we are being like campy. Mm-hmm. The meta text of this movie is that this movie is still going to be campy and fun, mm-hmm. but it is going to be campy and fun because we're not doing it on purpose. Right. But we are doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because we're setting out to make a movie that is fun like Evil Dead by making it serious. Mm. It's this weird, again, it's like a snake eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really fun and effective horror movie. It has some really disturbing demonic stuff. And it has some really, really cool, like, evil dead shit that I think is awesome. Really bloody, really violent, like, gross and awesome. And just a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people, when it first came out, took it too seriously. Yeah. Which is kind of the, the it's kind of the fault of, like, the era it came out in. Right. It came out in a time where everything was being remade as this serious version. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it was leaning into the seriousness of it mm-hmm. people at the time just kind of saw it as shallow mm-hmm. but in the years since people have come around in the movie a lot it's, it actually had its ninth anniversary a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and they were tweeting about it this whole uh, the original ending of the movie was actually supposed to be the same as the original ending of evil dead mm-hmm. it was filmed and everything but they changed it and they released that for the first time like a couple weeks ago. Just a video of it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The director was like, by the way, here's the original take of the ending. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's the same thing. They said replace uh, Bruce Campbell with, um, like, Bruce Campbell's Ash with Mia from, from the new one. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the POV shot rushing towards her on the bike until it hits her in the face and she's screaming and stuff. Just like the mm-hmm. end of the first Evil Dead. Almost as to go to show, like, hey, guys, like, this is a silly movie. Yeah. Right? We're, we're still doing Evil Dead here. Mm-hmm. But at the time, yeah, a lot of people had problems with it because, like, 
know, they, they took the fun out of Evil Dead, so why am I supposed to enjoy it if it's not fun anymore? Man, there are people not... Like, people just like to be loud when we're recording. Don't they know that we're doing a podcast yeah, specifically? obviously. Don't these people that are just walking around in the halls just know? Pipe down because specifically the podcast parents are recording. The podcast parents are recording. The podcast parents are recording. I sent them to their rooms. They're moving about. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. They're just still What's talking blatantly, like, really loudly. Mm-hmm. As if they have no idea we're recording. As if they have nothing better to do. Exactly. Mm. At this time of night. It's Tuesday, Tuesday night. It's Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday night. You go to school tomorrow. Come on, go to bed. <laughs> oh, speaking of reminders, Daniel, I think it's time for our hydration reminder. Yeah, everybody drink some water. Drink some water. What you doing? You know what? It's not water, but it's flavored water. So I'm going to oh, drink yeah. what you guys. Winter right now is grabbing something that's flavored water. Mm-hmm. She's opening up the bottle right now. Oh, there's a little fizz. I wish you had a little fizz as it was far away in the room. She's taking a sip right now. Oh. <laughs> You should stay hydrated, guys. I think it would be a really, really good time for you to just take a nice big mouthful, a nice big wet gulp, fill that mouthful of water. Yeah, the magic Suck that water down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then that way you can have more energy for later to listen to the rest of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Have more energy for your commute home from work. Mm-hmm. Have more energy while you mow that lawn. Mm-hmm. Have more energy mow while you do lawn. that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that puzzle. Go for a run. Yeah. Be hydrated. Or a speed walk. Exactly. I do a speed walk. Speed walks are great, especially yeah. when the weather's nice. Oh, yeah. So great. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, Danny, any other things you want to add on for your just suggestion suggestion? My just suggestion suggestion, I guess, is the 2013 Evil Dead remake. <gasps> and that's it. <laughs> that's it? Yeah. Cool. I guess we'll have to be watching that next, then. Yeah, maybe. maybe at maybe. tacking it onto our list. But speaking of which, yeah. my just suggestion suggestion just so happens to be already checked off our list. Oh, yeah? Because we watched it a couple hours ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah, something like that. Oh, is this going to, is your just suggestion suggestion going to lead us into our next segment? I think it's going to transition us into green into our next <laughs> segment. <laughs> and our next segment is the one where we, we review movies that we saw together. Yeah, yeah, we have we a do. little bit of movies where we saw. We, are we gonna have a letterboxing match? I think it's time for a letterboxing match. Ring the bell. So, this is the segment letterboxing match where we match up on a movie that we saw together and we review it, and uh, you can see our thoughts on Letterbox as well. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Letterbox, which is also the thing that crops a movie to give it its little aspect ratio mm-hmm. if you're a nerd if you want to get a watermark mm-hmm. it's also an app in which we both review movies that we see together that mm-hmm. we see solo tv shows and whatnot mm-hmm. so check us out on there as well i believe my name is win terrible shrek on letterboxd yeah. and danny is i'm just danny reguino on there uh but uh, I think DannyBoy978 is my username technically so i think if you look that up you'll find me 978 too. why are those numbers I don't know. Just for fun? Yeah. That makes sense. I've always had those numbers ever since I was like nine. Hmm. Like Club Penguin days. <laughs> oh my god, Club Penguin and Pop Tropica? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. We world. We know how to roll. Yeah. We we know what's up. <laughs> Let's just say we've been uh, we've been around the block on the other Yeah, we were that. so popular in middle school. Let's just say we're the coolest kids. Definitely in not camping out in the computer lab during recess. <laughs> <laughs> no, what makes you say that? No. <laughs> but yeah. So this letterboxing match is going to be 
The Others with Nicole Kidman. Oh, starring Nicole Kidman, the starring 2001 film? 2001 film starring Nicole Kidman Is with Tom so? Cruise as a producer. It is directed by Alejandro Amenabar. Indeed. Love that man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, indeed. Tell me a little bit more about your experience with this movie, Winter. Oh, well, my my experience with this movie goes a little, little ways back. Mm-hmm. Back when I was experimenting in horror movies for the first time. My first official movie that uh, falls into the horror genre, Gesundheit, uh, falls into the horror genre, uh, was The Gate from, I think, the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. And I believe, if I remember correctly, because I haven't watched it since I was like seven or eight, that was the first time that I was like able to officially start watching, watching horror movies and like paying attention to the story. Mm -hmm. But in general, they've always been on in the background um, at my house or at the tattoo shop or whatever. So the gate, um, the port of the hell, uh, opens in this kid's backyard after his dog dies. <laughs> I think that's how the story goes. Mm-hmm. But it's like super, I guess you could say campy in, in the effects because it's it's the 80s, early 90s. Yeah, so, those are um, awesome effects. Oh yeah, they're, they're definitely like Halloween-y effects. Mm-hmm. Like I could see a lot of the demons in that movie being Halloween decorations, which I think is super fun. That's another movie we have to see. But uh, The Others kind of falls into a, a similar category where I started experimenting. Um, it was actually a recommendation from my mom, Katie Tana Shrek, on Instagram. Katie Dids Collectibles, also on Instagram. That has a thousand tattoos, Boundbrook Road in Mill Six, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she had recommended it to me because she loves Nicole Kidman and she mm-hmm. loved the story as well. And I was like, what's it about? She's like, I can't tell you. I can only show you. Mm-hmm. So... Overall, that experience watching it, I think I was under 10 at the time, probably middle school age. Um, it was just like the first time I've ever been like mind boggled by a movie. Like it was, a, it, it gave me whiplash with that plot twist. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot more movies now and I've had a, a lot f- uh, more severe whiplashes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for the moment that I saw it, for the era that I saw it in, mm-hmm. It just made a huge impact on me. And ever since then, I've always remembered that movie title. And that's actually a really big deal for me because I have trouble remembering um, certain titles and sometimes I'll, I'll miss chunks of the content. Like, for example, like what just happened with The Gate. I don't remember it 100%, but I remember the title because mm-hmm. it impacted me. Yeah. Same thing with the others. It left an impact on me and it even led me to recommend it to you yeah which we did watch it we what did it you today. think dan dan i thought this movie was awesome yeah yeah and, and, and it's something that i was hinting at earlier it has like a very timeless quality to mm-hmm. it too and the plot twist hits yeah because things that i was thinking mm-hmm. i guess because i've seen many movies and movies from this era i was like maybe is this what are they gonna do this but then the way they did something it, it it was just it wasn't exactly what I was thinking. It just kind of confirmed one thing I was thinking, mm-hmm. and it's so well tied together. It, so it, well executed. It's I feel not we shouldn't like, spoil it, right? We right, should. we shouldn't spoil it because we want the listeners to go watch it. I agree. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely think that people should go check this out. Hundred um, percent. I also think that almost saying that there is a twist in it is kind of a spoiler. So if you don't want to know anything. Skip to the next segment of the podcast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a timestamp on screen now. Okay. 
right. That's your responsibility. All right. Fine. You can chill with your dings, and I'm going to have the timestamp. But, but, yeah, no, I I thought it was well performed, uh, well enough performed, because Mm -hmm. a, a lot of it is in the setup. It is very much like a gothic Victorian almost. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. Oh. <laughs> Someone's mad. Yeah, somebody's slamming doors oh today. Oh. They're out past their curfew and now they're slamming doors, Daniel. We gotta go spank them. Alright, well. I gotta um, go put them on my knee and teach them a lesson. I gotta I gotta get a nah, wooden spoon. I'll use, oh, I was gonna say, I'm gonna use the wooden spoon. <laughs> I'm gonna get a clear to the bow. And I'm gonna chase <laughs> them around the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just gonna start throwing the wooden spoon. <laughs> You've been a bad boy today. And they're going to go, no, please, I've been a good boy. And I'm like, no, you haven't. And I go to your room, no Game Boy. Look at that, see? They're slamming They the went to again. their room, though. At least they listened. Yeah, they went to their room, no Game Boy. They have to go to bed. No books, either. No Game Boy, no Game Boy Color, no, no. comics, no, no graphic novels, Only no can, Harry Potter. You can only... <laughs> No I'm taking Harry- away your sorcerer's stone, Daniel. <laughs> no! You can only read biographies of presidents. <laughs> we have a whole shelf of biographies of presidents. That's all you can read. Start with Jimmy Carter. No, they have to start from the beginning. George Washington. They start from the beginning. <laughs> no, that's too cool. They gotta start with a lame one. They gotta start- <laughs> uh, what was the one that was so big he fit in a tub? A taft? <laughs> <laughs> That one taft. No, nah, but you see, that one has a fun fact. You gotta find a present people don't even know oh, the name of. Oh, man. I can't think of any. I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want a book report on the worst president. Read all the books. <laughs> Better not be Andrew Jackson. No, Andrew ja- <laughs> Old Hickory is my favorite. <laughs> it's your favorite? Old Jackass? <laughs> Specifically for that reason. I love that name. It's so good. <laughs> Andrew Knoxville. <laughs> Andrew Knoxville. Ah, that's where it comes from. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. That's exactly why it's <laughs> what it is. So the others, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a great movie. Oh I, yeah, I would recommend it. It is a haunting movie. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, there's suspense. Um, I believe it is PG thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost definitely. This is definitely like a good introductory mm-hmm. to deeper level ways of thinking of suspense mixed with paranormal mixed with psychological horror yeah it's almost like you could show this to a child like, yeah it could be pg yeah that's what happened to me i like, saw it as a child yeah i think if someone's like old enough to see like indiana jones or oh, yeah, something they can, they can they're already even star than, wars yeah yeah more than old enough to watch this mm-hmm. um i don't know why i've been thinking about indiana jones a lot lately <laughs> Oh, yeah? I don't know. He's just a handsome, muscle-bound man with a little hat, but then he gets punched in the face and gets a bloody nose. And I'm like, ah, oh, he's just like me. And then he's a little nerd, has little nerd glasses, but then he's handsome. So it's like, ah, he's a hero, you know? Clark Kent? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Clark Kent in there. I don't know if he's Clark Kent because even... A little bit of Lone Ranger in Clark Kent. Yeah. A <laughs> the little love bit, child. Definitely a little bit more Lone Ranger. Because mm-hmm. he even when he is the nerdy professor, he still has girls like fawning over him in class. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. Mm. There's a version of this where he has an inappropriate relationship with one of those students probably. Oh, great. I mean, that hasn't been in any of the movies, but there actually was a script for an Indiana Jones movie Mm -hmm. that was probably going to be racist called Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, it never got made, but it was going to okay. be directed by Chris Columbus, who did Gremlins, Home Alone, uh, the Harry Potter movies, which mm-hmm. we just talking about, which made a joke about. Mm-hmm. Um, and elements from that script have been used in uh, The Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. But that movie was never made. And in that script, he has an inappropriate relationship with one of his students. And a running joke in the movie is that he is going to be put on trial for child molestation. As if that's like a funny thing. Wow. Yeah. So good thing that movie never got made. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Temple of Doom still got made, but we won't talk about that. Oh, no. That's a discussion for a different podcast. Yeah, we're going to tack that on to the Batman and Evil Dead episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll have an episode where we talk about specifically Batman vs. Superman, uh, Evil Dead, and Temple of Doom. And there's not much to talk about in Temple of Doom. I think there'll probably be like a Danny Rant episode where oh, I'm yeah? just going to like Six play minutes? fun tunes in the back while you do your thing. <laughs> I mean, everyone, if, if you've seen Temple of Doom, you know, it's, it's just racist. Mm. And, like, Indiana Jones isn't, like, a cool anymore in that one. He's mm. kind of, like, a dick mm. and a criminal. That's and not it's fun. like, oh, well, he was a hero in the last one. But Disappointing. I, I will say the stuff with Short Round and the minecart scene at the end of Temple of Doom mm-hmm. is both 10 out of 10. Everything else just so happens to be, like, offensively racist. Mm. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the one thing. But, but, do you have any other thoughts that you want to talk about the others, more? Um, any other thoughts may spoil for the listeners. Right. So I think. Just leave them off with a go check it out. We should leave them off with a go check it out. And please let us know what you thought. Let us know what you thought. Just yeah. tell us what you think. 100%. Just tell us what you think. 100%. Tell me what you think. Tell, tell us. Tell Winter what you think. Communicate. Tell both of us what you Talk think. to your podcast parents. Talk to your podcast parents. Don't leave us in the dark. Yes. Don't go off to college and never contact us again. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. What's we that about? You turn 18, then you go away forever. We raised you better than that. You're a podcast baby. Mm-hmm. You're a podcast. You will always be my podcast baby. And if there's more than one listener at a time, you are a podcast children. Podcast babies. Podcast babies, too. They'll always be podcast babies to me. To you? Yeah. To me too. No matter how old they get, they're always my babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and definitely, uh, we'll end up posting like a, uh, a story asking you guys if you guys want to check it out. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, get some interaction in there. Get some interaction. Send us there. a DM. How many? How many out of five stars would you give it? Yeah. Why and why not? Post your reviews. And Maybe we'll us. debate you on it. You know what? We should start a debate in our comment section. Maybe. I think we'll so. start a debate. I think that Should we start be. a debate? Yeah. Should we escalate the debates immediately, get personal with people? Exactly. Like That's be how like, debates go. I just I disagree with you, so I, I hate every element of you as a person. <laughs> I disagree with you because your hair is stupid. <laughs> yeah, and your nose is dumb. Your nose is dumb. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you're listening to this right now, that means that there is a post on Instagram announcing this episode. Mm-hmm. So you should go start debates in the comment section yeah and if you're watching this on youtube just comment down below go ahead go down comment below down. Just right comment there. down below even if you want to say hi even if you don't feel like watching nicole kidman because i know she makes too many appearances in amc now not do your thing in my opinion not enough not enough right. i think halfway through the movie there should be another commercial break there should be like an intermission nicole kidman yeah where she like steps in the puddle different dress and she's like the, we make movies better 
And I'm just like, and Nicole, what are you doing there? You because still here, use... they are. Because here, <laughs> they are. <laughs> Our heroes seem larger than life. <laughs> uh, what? Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> <Yes>. feels... <laughs> That's so good. But with all this talk about debates and insulting people, I think that brings us to one of our nicer segments. Mm-hmm. That's the compliment of the day. That's the compliment of the day. Yeah. And for my compliment of the day, mm-hmm. I want to say that you've done a really, really great job being creative and hardworking, coming up with a lot of things and ideas to elevate this podcast just between the first episode and the second episode. It wouldn't be where it is right now without you. And I think it's a lot better where it is right now because of how much hard work you put in. Oh, thanks, Danny. Yeah, of course. Well, my dear, my compliment of the day is actually very similar. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Because I know that, like, with my attention span and, like, some of my ideas, like, experimenting with what what works and what doesn't work Mm -hmm. in between our, like, busy schedules and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of that, you've been very attentive and you've been very like available and you've been making the time to also like communicate with me on stuff Mm -hmm. especially having to do with like questions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're always very patient with me so i really appreciate that you're like the coolest teacher like ever i just love working on a cool ass project with a cool ass lady oh just nice that's you but yeah listener now that you're throwing up um, <laughs> go ahead. Pass along the love. Pass it along. Listen, compliment somebody else just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. Just for fun. Walking down the street, going to work. Just give someone a smile. Give someone something. Tell give someone, someone their hair something. is pretty. Mm-hmm. Tell someone that they look fly as fuck that day. Tell someone that they really love their nerdy anime shirt. Yeah. Or they're like, their tattoos are like super dope. Or like, their beard is just so on point. Oh yeah? Or like, their eyebrows are so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, listener, go ahead. Yeah, pass, pass it on. on. Share the love. And drink some water. Drink tell, some tell water. Tell someone to drink some water too. Just drink some water. Come on now. If you haven't done it by now, what you doing? What are you doing? You're thirsty. What are you doing? You're thirsty. You're thirsty, You're thirsty. biatch. Come You're on just now. just being thirsty. Come on now. And right before we head off and end this episode, mm-hmm. we have one little segment we like to send off. Oh my gosh, we do? What's this segment, Winter? Oh my god, it's Winter's Bebop Boobops. Winter's Bebop Boobops. What's I've the Winter's Bebop Boobops? i such. Uh, this episode's Bebop Boobop. In honor of my good friend Rob and yeah. his band, the Bullet Brigade. <laughs> Bullet Brigade. Apologies, Rob. Um, I have a typo negative song just for you. And (laughs) it's Christian Woman in reference to Nicole Kidman and the others. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You can follow us on all the social medias. I'm on Instagram at Dan Reguino and at DCR Films. Also on YouTube at Danny Reguino. Winter. I have too many to count. They're in the description. Hell yeah. <laughs> All of our links are down below. But Check out that description while yeah. you're at it. Check, check, give it a read. Including Winter has a very lovely store where she sells her Aww. art on all sorts of different things. Like prints and t-shirts and buttons and stickers. Maybe with a drawing that was dedicated to my podcast partner and parent in crime and mm-hmm. whatnot. A very groovy drawing that is on a shirt. Yeah. So if you want a very groovy shirt, I got stickers. I got temporary tattoos mm-hmm. too. And they're all you can be groovy just like Danny. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Winter's Whimsies. Mm-hmm. Winter's Whimsies on Zazzle. <laughs> yeah, it's all linked down below if you want to check it out. 
Check it out, check it out. Subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify. Like, comment, subscribe. Anchor. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. Give me a ding, Daniel. Just hit the bell. Give ding. me a ding. There you go. I might not edit in ding there. Who knows? You know what? I think our ding is powerful enough. That ding, that just going ding is powerful enough. Ding. Ding. Yeah, perfect. Ding. Mm-hmm. Dong? No. No, ding. that's weird. That's inappropriate. Yeah. This is a ding type what of What has gone into you this episode? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Too much Scooby-Doo. <gasps> Scooby-Doo. Back on those. Scooby-Doo. Love the echo. <laughs> Shall we end it off with yeah. a nice little bow? Mm-hmm. What was the thing we say at the end of every episode? Well, listeners, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>